thank you. country plays hard as I will play the rest of the season and you never see someone push the rest of the team as hard as I will push everybody the rest of the season. You never see a team play harder than we will the rest of the season. I knew we had a good chance to beat him when I heard Feinbaum picked him to win by about 25 points. Somebody tell me. Turned by Chris Davis. Davis goes left. Let's start off. Let's just let's just go slow here. Let's let's start slow. I just want to I just want to hear how your day was, man. How was your day today, Parker? Oh man, it was productive. I woke up, you know, did some work, called some people, said what's up. Then what did I do? What did I do? Oh, I took my dog to the vet, and then I went to Target, got some goods. I went to the gym, and I was like, you know, when you go to the the gym, and you have those days where you're just feeling like nothing can stop you. And you're just yep. like, oh, yeah, baby. And yep. you're just grinding. And I was just going at it. I mean, I did. it was leg day for me. So I did I did about 45 minutes of a leg stuff, did some squats, and then I got on the treadmill and ran for I, – I do like a – I do – I run for like 10 minutes straight, and then I get off. And did, then I was like, you know what? I'm going to do some abs. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to do some chest. I was just feeling myself. Then – yeah, then, then this is how you know it's crazy. I got a decent sized, decent sized cul-de-sac lot, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna mow this bitch, and I mowed, weeded it, blow, blew my driveway, did all kinds of shit. So, I mean, it was productive. I'm, it I don't sound, know. It sounds really productive, way more productive than my day. I mean, I was at work, so I was as productive as I am at work. Can but, be. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't, you know, r- rush off, um, you know, doing anything special. But, uh, I mean, it was a good day. You know, this week has actually been pretty good. I woke up on Monday, man, and I don't know if I've ever felt better on a Monday in my life. Wow. You know, I've been uh, I've been eating healthier, been working out more. And let me tell you something. I forgot how good you feel when you're, like, taking care of yourself. So this week started off great, but today I was just kind of dragging. I don't know if it's because it's the middle of the week, hump day, what. But uh, oh, I was yeah. not, uh, I was not, you know, the best version of myself today. But it's okay. You get through them. You get through them. All right, man. So let's jump into some football stuff. Um, what do you want to talk about first? We got a we got a few things on the on the table. Well, let me just say this. Um, we called a couple games. Obviously, we we made some predictions. Uh, I think I called. I well, let me say this. I said LSU by field goal. They won by a touchdown, so I was kind of close. Tulane gave Auburn a hard try. I kind of figured that was going to happen. I did call the Colorado-Nebraska game. I don't know if I called it on the podcast, but I called it. No, nah, we only made Facebook. We only made SEC predictions. Well, I did call that, and I did call Purdue being Vanderbilt. But uh, but you know, overall it was a pretty good weekend. I think I think the SEC had had a bounce back with uh, with LSU, and I mean obviously A and M lost, but when you play Clemson, it's like that's kind of that's going to happen. So, yeah. And then but, Vanderbilt lost to Purdue. We both picked them. To, no, you I picked know. Purdue. Didn't you? No, no, no. 
Yeah, I picked Purdue, but then I yeah. bet later on. I bet on Vanderbilt because I was like, oh. if I parlay, do some money lines, you know, maybe they won't yeah. let me down. Yeah, but, I picked Vanderbilt, and I don't know, man. They did not look very good. I mean, I heard there were some some ref issues in that game. Like I heard there was a couple blown calls. Like apparently there was a call that was supposed to be like it was a safety and then it didn't get called a safety. So Vanderbilt didn't get the ball back and it would have like swung a bunch of momentum, but still it's like a 20 point game. So I don't really put too much stock into the, yeah, the rest thing, but I, I did hear there were some complaints about some of the stuff that went on in that game. Yeah. I watched a little bit of it. I was flipping back and forth between uh, army, Michigan, um, Vanderbilt. I forget what time slots they were all in, but I the games I was watching before the I went to, um, went to the game in, in Florida was Clemson Tech, Clemson and and Texas A and M, and then Army Michigan. Oh, I was watching Syracuse getting pounced by Maryland. That Dude, was that was yeah. oh my goodness, that was wild. So let's let's push into some SEC I know. content. Well, we can talk about uh, Tennessee going zero and two, which is. Dude crazy i was looking at i will say that it seemed like a better outing by tennessee this week and it's against a team that i i would say is better than georgia state um but there's still no excuse for for some of the stuff that led to this loss I, i mean i know i'm sure everybody has seen the blown coverage um late in the game that led to the the tying field goal by BYU. And there were some questionable calls by um, Jeremy Pruitt to go for it on fourth down that they didn't get. And you just wonder what the whole story is there. Um, It's a hard sell for me that it's the coaching staff, you know, and I, I obviously think the coaching staff has a big part of it. But it's a hard sell for me that it's the coaching staff when you've got guys who've been coaching for years and had success other places. And I just wonder if we're seeing a situation similar to what we saw in Florida after um, Urban Meyer left the program in bad shape. I wonder how bad of shape it was when Butch Jones got out of town. And I say that because it doesn't, I mean, it just doesn't seem like it's a coaching issue. It seems like it's a culture issue. And it seems like it's it's something deeper than just X's and O's and Jimmy's and Joe's. And, you know, Tennessee obviously hasn't had the best recruiting years the last couple of years. And they've even had some guys decommit after this first two games. But I just am not buying the narrative that it's Pruitt and his coaching staff that had led this team to an 0-2 start. I do think a lot of the weight falls on them, but I'm just not buying that they're the issue. Um, how do you feel about the 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 second loss in a row for those guys? Yeah, I mean, I think Butch Jones just left this th- this place in shambles. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I still I still think Jeremy Pruitt's the guy, but I just think it's going to be a longer rebuild than a lot of people thought. Yeah. Um, and I think I even think Jeremy Pruitt knew that coming into the job because I think he's like I, I remember watching his pressers and he was saying, you know, this is a rebuild. Oh, like, yeah. I'm not I'm not sugarcoating it. So, yeah, he didn't know, pull the I, Lane Kiffin when Lane Kiffin came into Tennessee. He was like, I can't wait till we are playing Rocky Top in uh, the swamp or, or no, he said Alabama. He said when we beat Alabama and we play Rocky Top in Tuscaloosa. And I was like, dude, you are. 
you are a big talker right now. Man, that, well, that's just Lane Kevin, but yeah, that man's that man's funny. But yeah, I mean, I just think that I mean, <laughs> excuse me, he um, I mean, he didn't come in there. Another person who came in all cocky, Willie Taggart. Look at him. He should be on 0 and 2 right now. If Louisiana Monroe's kicker didn't miss a dang extra point, but, but yeah, I mean, I just think it's going to take a couple years. It's Tennessee. They have, they have the money. They have the facilities. They have, you know, they have they have all the stuff there to make it a successful program like we've seen in the past. But yeah, right now they're ass crack. Yeah, yeah. Who do I'm, they have this week? Sure. Oh, who do they have this week? Oh, I think it's gosh. another small school. I think it's a Chattanooga. Oh, it yeah, is. It's it uh, is. UT. I think it's University of Tennessee. UTC, yeah. yeah. If they lose this one, man, I mean, they lose this one. Holy mother of God! I mean, this the Georgia State loss is would be worse than the Chattanooga loss. But if you stack the Chattanooga loss on top of the BYU the loss on top of the Georgia State loss, you're talking about the worst start. In maybe automatically, automatically, you're talking about the worst season ever for Tennessee. But you might Probably. be talking about the worst start to a season by an SEC team in history. Oh yeah, no doubt. Like if they lose to UTC, like that for sure. Like there's yeah, that would be insane. But I'm not even putting it past them. If they lose to UTC, they might go winless on the year. Oh yeah, no! Look at their schedule after this. They have, I, I they have Florida, Georgia. Um, gosh, let me look. Mississippi me go, State, Alabama, South Carolina, UAB, Kentucky, Missouri, Vanderbilt. Dude, I'm telling you, there's only three wins. There's only a, there's only about three wins I see on the schedule now, and that's UTC, Vanderbilt, and UAB. And that is, that is, mate. That's like maybes. At yeah, like point, Vanderbilt's right? maybe. Vanderbilt's like, maybe you, to me. But can anybody put money on Tennessee winning a game right now? They can, but they'd be stupid. Right? I mean, yeah. That's yeah. Great. I mean, I I've, I did not expect this. I'm I mean, I know it's nothing radical to say this, but I'm super shocked um at the start to this season for Tennessee. I mean, that's just crazy. I mean, it really is crazy to lose to Georgia State at home, BYU at home, to start the year. I know. I right. thought they were going to go. I thought BYU they were going to win like six too. games. BYU is at home too, right? Um, yeah, BYU is at home. So now, if they lose to Chattanooga, I'm sure Chattanooga is at home. If they lose to Chattanooga, they will have lost to three teams that they were picked to beat at home to start the year. Yep. Brutal. All right, so that's one 0-2 team in the SEC. Who are our other 0-2 teams after this week? Well, so there's five Power 5 teams that are 0-2. Okay. And I'll go through the list real real quickly. There's two on the SEC and both of them are in the East. So you have Miami, yeah. which is – I mean, they played Florida and North Carolina, which are two Power 5 programs. Um, but, I mean, still, they're 0-2, which is hilarious. Oregon yeah. State, which Oregon State's in shambles. Yeah. Um, and and who knows if they'll ever be back uh, or if, if they were even there in the first place. But uh, Tennessee, which we just talked about, UCLA, UCLA, and literally every day of my life, I wake up and I think I thank the Lord that Chip Kelly did not come to Florida. 
Holy mother. That guy is cheeks. So I don't know what has I, happened to him. Oh, I wanted him so bad at Florida. I was like, oh, yeah, bring Chip. I was on Twitter. I was like, come on, baby. I kind of wanted know. Chip there, too, and not even out of, like, I thought he was bad. I just thought it would be cool to have him coaching in the SEC. Like, I wanted to see what he would do with the kind of athletes that get recruited to the SEC. Oh, my gosh, dude. It's been it's been brutal. I mean, I don't know. I He's getting paid, though, and I think that's all. Who knows? I, All right, I don't so even know. Who's, who's the other I mean, 0-2 SEC team? The 0-2 SEC team is Vanderbilt with losses to um, Georgia and Purdue, which aren't easy games. Yeah, I mean, it's not like a Tennessee point. Correct. So, um, I mean, I want to take a look at Vanderbilt's schedule. I was just about to say, let's see what we got here. Okay, so they're off this week. Oh, sir, bye. And then they go to LSU. Or I don't know if they go to LSU, but they play LSU. It's at home, but it's LSU, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be... Bro, let me just ask. Can you imagine if they beat LSU, how crazy people would go? Oh, my gosh. First of all, it's never going to (laughs) happen. Second of all... That would be hilarious. Ed, Ed O's getting fired on the spot. No, I'm teasing. He, he's on an all-time high. But, no, they have they have LSU, Northern Illinois, Ole Miss, UNLV. So, I mean, they can make up some ground. They can start yeah. 0-3, but they could go 3-3 and their next game. Yeah, for sure. And I think that um, I think that Vanderbilt's still in a position to have a better season than Tennessee is. So, Vanderbilt could very easily still win six games. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for you sure. got Nor- Northern Illinois, that's one. Ole Miss, I think they could be Ole Miss, that's two. UNLV, that's that's three. Then Eastern Tennessee State, that's four. Tennessee, five. And then they either, I mean, maybe they could up, upset Kentucky, South Carolina, or Missouri. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, okay. definitely it's an uphill battle, but. So the uh, the one team I do want to talk about um, as we move towards teams that are not two and zero is South Carolina. They play Alabama this week, and I'm wondering how much of a a fight they're going to put up. Mm, probably, yeah, probably not. Probably not a fight. It's Alabama, dude. And I think this is the. Um, so I, I I saw actually report you know Jake Bentley's out for the season. I actually saw reports yeah. that he actually might transfer, and then um, what transfer? The, uh, yeah. For what? He's I hurt. He's I not even gonna play. I don't know. That's what they were saying is the best route is that he's gonna transfer. Oh my gosh. Who knows, dude? I I mean they had the new quarterback Ryan. Henlitsky, however you say his name. I mean, I just think that's a that's a tall task to go and take Alabama on your and your second start after your first start was against Charleston Southern. So um I'm saying like Alabama beats them by I'm saying a score you got like forty two to ten. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna be very pretty. Um so, is it in Alabama or is it in South Carolina? Let me see here. Oh my gosh, I just had it. 
I think it's in. I th- I think when I was looking at it, it was in Carolina. Let me double check here. Yep, it's in it's in Carolina. Yeah, I think it's going to probably be close to thirty points, if not more. Yeah, it's going to be rough. They're going to get they're going to get that ass smack. I mean, yeah, it's going to be brutal, but we'll see what happens. I mean, it'd be cool to see him put up a fight and kind of see some weakness yeah. in Alabama, but yeah, I just don't think it's going to happen. So, all right. So, are there any other marquee SEC games this week? Georgia has another cup. Yeah, game. I mean, I think a marquee game, but maybe I'm biased. Is Florida versus Kentucky just be not only because I mean it's not a top twenty five matchup or anything, but I just think that last year with Kentucky beating us for the first time in thirty one years, I don't know. Um, the line's eight. Florida's an eight point favorite right now. It's That's in. Kentucky. It's in Kentucky. It's at Kentucky. That's probably why. Yeah, it's in Lexington. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm hoping it's a Dan Mullen revenge tour, and this man just goes out and just slaughters them. Yeah. Um, they have, you know, I don't know if you saw their quarterbacks out for the year. What? Uh, yeah, their starting quarterback is out for the I year. Did. How did I miss that? Yeah. So he he's out, and they have this guy starting who's a tr- transfer quarterback, graduate transfer, something like that from Troy. So. We'll see. I mean, I just feel like it's going to be, I don't know. I don't, I hate making predictions on Gator games because I'm superstitious, but I'd probably take the line on that one. Cause I just feel like if, I mean, if we come out and I just feel like a lot of people are going to be pissed off. Yeah. More importantly, Dan Mullen. And probably secondly, I think Felipe Franks is, I think he's going to have a really good game for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, so. I think I think Florida wins that one. I do think it could be a good game. I don't know if it's you know it's as close as the line is set on it. Um, especially yeah, I mean, I knowing that Kentucky's quarterback is out. But this is a definitely an important game. I mean, the winner of this steps into second place in the East, um, behind Georgia, and is the favorite to, you know, compete with Georgia for the the Eastern you know bid into the SEC championship. Yeah, but Missouri yeah. there. Dude, I think we might have all been a little too high on Missouri. High on Missouri. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I don't know what. Maybe, maybe Wyoming's good. Who knows? Maybe, but I mean, I, I mean, just, really, that's that's the only. I mean, Mississippi State plays Kansas State. Uh, um, I forget what that guy's name is. Bill Schneider. The man looks like he's about to drop dead at any point. Like. I mean, he's a legendary coach. I hate saying that. Are but there the man any, literally. Okay, not just SEC. Are there any good matchups this week? Um, Iowa, Iowa State. I mean, <laughs> that's where college game day is going. And so, yeah, there's no good matchups this week. That's why I don't know. They're, okay. I mean, they're Sanford and USC, maybe? I mean, USC. I no, it's USC and BYU this week. Like I don't UCF. see. I'm any, sorry, UCF. No, you're fine. UCF. I don't see any games that like are piquing my interest. Looking at the schedule, and I really, you know, this isn't on our on our list of topics, but it's something I've really been thinking about. I really wish the NCAA would do something about these cupcake schedules, man. Like I know that it helps these smaller schools to get a payday and play these guys, and I know it helps teams save their athletes, but they're are 
there are detrimental factors involved when you have a week like this week in college football. Yeah, but it's not, I mean, you get like, like you see stuff like Georgia State beating Tennessee. Like, that's cool to see. Like, I get, I mean, look, I mean, I get, there should be at least one cupcake team on the schedule because I no, feel I agree. like, I don't like there's the no preseason games. You should have. Some people have three cupcakes. Yeah. Some people do have three cupcakes. And I, you know me, I'm a proponent for a full on playoff. So. I just think that the current version of college football we have is not the best version. And I think that as the playoff expands, because I think we all have agreed that it's going to expand at least one more time to eight. Um, I think that's down the road. Like not many people are going to argue that that's not going to happen eventually. Um, yeah. That some of this might change. People will be looking to boost resumes even more so. And you won't see as many cupcakes. Um, and I wish that the NCAA would do something where they have some kind of rotation or some kind of plan where on a rotating schedule every third year or whatever, they put together games for Power Five conferences or at least competitive group of fives against Power Fives in order to have marquee matchups each week. College football is a business, and I can't imagine that a week like this is good for business. I mean, I agree, but I mean, I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. That's just me. No, probably not. But probably not. The, I mean, I get it. I get what you're saying. It's boring, but especially you're you're a Georgia fan and you're playing Murray State and Arkansas State in back-to-back -back weekends. So I like know. that. But like, then you have Notre Dame, Tennessee, Kentucky, Florida. Don't um, even get me started. Missouri, on Auburn, Texas A&M. Like you have, you have. Don't get you started on what? Notre Dame. Oh, I mean, if you guys don't blow the brakes, you know, just they, that should be an ass beating, bro. Notre Dame is the king of the cupcake schedule. Notre Dame can suck a dick. Is that bad <laughs> to say? Am I going to hell because they're a Catholic school? Look, Lord, I love you, but look, Notre Dame can suck a dick. First of all, let me say this. Rudy, not even that good of a movie. Wasn't impressed. I mean... <laughs> It's an okay movie. I get it. Like, oh, yeah, good for him. But, eh, no. And, the, like, they play they play ass. But, I mean, their schedule this year is not too bad. But, I mean, it's also, like, they play Georgia. But, I mean, they've also, they get, like, I guess, honestly, dude, maybe the Lord is blessing them. Because they've actually scheduled some bigger-name programs. And the bigger name programs just happened to suck balls this year. Like, look, Louisville was good like two years ago, and they scheduled them, yeah. and Louisville sucks. Then they scheduled Virginia, and Virginia is actually kind of coming back, but like, Virginia is actually better than this year than they probably have been in a while. Um, okay, got let me let me walk back this back a little bit and say that this year's Notre Dame schedule is not that bad compared to past years. So oh, this yeah. year, Notre Dame's done a really good job of putting together a tough schedule. But Notre Dame schedules in the past have been really rough. And when was the last time you saw Notre Dame beat somebody that they shouldn't have beat? Um. Oh, gosh. Miami? Oh, no, Miami beat them. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Nobody? Like, they're going to lose four games this year, and it's going to be hilarious. Like, I can't remember Notre Dame beating someone that I felt like, oh, that they shouldn't have beat them. Yeah. 
no, you're right. That's hilarious, bro. They are a laughing stock, Notre Dame. I mean, their schedule. I mean, two years ago, two years ago, in the year that we played them, um, early in the year, and we won by a point uh, in Notre Dame. They got waxed by Stanford, thirty-eight to twenty, late in the year. Stanford was ranked twenty; they were ranked number eleven, and they got Gosh, waxed. That, that was two years ago. Wow. Yeah, I know. Time goes Time really flies, fast. Flies, man. Yeah, but yeah. So I mean, it wasn't that long ago that we saw Notre Dame play in a national championship and get waxed. So I just am tired of Notre. Notre Dame to me is like Auburn in the sense that it doesn't matter what their previous season looks like. It doesn't matter what pieces they're missing, they're always going to be given like a, a top spot in the rankings just off of their name alone. Yeah. Um, I think we can agree. Notre Dame sucks dick. Yeah. Yeah. Screw All them. right. So what's next on the list? So I was going to go over some stuff as far as betting lines, give you guys a little – little insight on what I'm thinking as far as what, what might win you some money this weekend. So I'm going to talk about my first game. And these aren't necessarily SEC uh, because right now SEC, no, no one's really playing anything. I will say I will throw one SEC. If I, Florida, I would probably take the line on that one. You got a backup quarterback for Kentucky, um, and I just think it's revenge tour. So I'd probably take the eight point. Hope, knock on wood, hopefully it doesn't come back to beat me. Um, also... Purdue is playing TCU, and they are an underdog by two and a half points. I would take Purdue. So if you bet 10, you win you win 12. So you can parlay it with something else. But TCU is at Purdue, and they're in, they're in uh, Purdue is an underdog. So there's one for you. Um, I also BC or I'm sorry BYU is at um, Southern Cal University of Southern Cal. Um, I, you know, USC beat Stanford last week and they were talking about, oh, it's a signature win. I think Stanford was ranked too high coming in the season. I don't think they're that great of a program. I know David Shaw's a good coach, but, um, I could see, you know, USC could very well win this game, but I think BYU is riding that train up, riding that train of beating Tennessee and I could see them coming out and they're a, uh, four point underdog. If you bet 10, you win 15. Also, so, USC lost their quarterback for the year as well. Really? Yep. Wow. So there you go. So uh, um, BYU over Southern Cal, Purdue over TCU, and BYU and Purdue are both uh, both home, I believe. So um, I could definitely, definitely see uh, those two teams, and then I'd take probably the line for Florida. There really hasn't, there really wasn't another matchup that 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 stuck out to me, but I could definitely see those two. So. Those are my betting lines. What do you think about that? Could you see those two, two upsets? Yeah, I think so. Um, I definitely think BYU can beat USC. I do think the USC offense. I watched the game the other night, and it did look a lot more exciting this year. It looks like they're trying to get the ball out quick, and they're really trying to score instead of, you know, sitting back on their heels. They kind of did a similar adjustment to what we've seen out of LSU, um, which I want to talk about the LSU Texas game. I know. Um. So they've kind of made that same transition. They're trying to be higher, you know, intensity offense. They scored 45 points the other night. So um, I think they're good, but I think losing the quarterback. And I think BYU is just one of those teams that even years they're not good, they're tough. They're always a tough yeah. team. And they always like – seems like BYU always wins a game they're not supposed to. So I definitely could see that one. 
I know less about the Purdue one, but I was surprised at how bad Purdue beat um, Vanderbilt. I did not expect that. So, you know, two and a half point favorite, it's not that hard to cover that if, you know, we're just talking, you know, point spread. So speaking of BYU, you know, how I woke up this morning. How? Mormons knocked on my door. <laughs> I'm not even shitting you. Two oh, Mormons came to my house. Dude, I had to sleep on my couch. I had to prop myself up because I've been really sick and I've been coughing. And so laying in my bed, <laughs> see, <laughs> I'm just saying the word and it makes me think about it. It's like, don't think of zebra. But anyway, I'm laying on my, my couch. I'm propping myself up so I don't cough. All of a sudden, someone knocks on my door and my dog starts flipping shit. And I'm like, I'm, like, I'm in my boxers. So I'm, like, I'm like, what the hell's going on? Throw the blanket off. I get up close to the door and I see it's two Mormons and they have like their little like they have their little white shirts on they're and they're tucked in and they have and they have a um they have the Bibles in their hand and stuff like that and a notepad and I was like oh hell no like I just woke up there ain't no way in hell I'm talking to these people and my dog literally my dog is so friendly but like when people come to the door this man like attacks and like if they opened it he just love them but it's hilarious but they got scared as shit and they were like oh my god we gotta go. So thank you, Charlie, my dog. Um, shout out to scaring away the Mormons. Um, and the only reason I'm confirmed that they're Mormons is they left the pamphlet. Pamphlet, nice. and I do have the pamphlet. So nice. if anyone was called BS, but one time my brother-in-law had a similar situation where some Mormons came to his door and knocked on it. And I guess he just like out of habit when he stepped outside and pulled the door closed behind him, he had like flipped the lock on the inside of the door handle and he locked himself outside his own house with Mormons. <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah, he had to kick his door in. Like he told him, he was like, oh, I don't really want to, you know, like talk about it. You can leave your pamphlet if you want or whatever. He went to get back in and he was locked out. <laughs> oh my gosh. They were probably like, This is the sign from the, our savior. Oh my gosh, dude. It's so funny. He like hearing him tell that story is hilarious. That is so funny, dude. That, All right, let's talk. Guy. I know it was like that's like my nightmares to be locked outside with people outside of my house with people I don't want to talk to. Well, sorry for that. Sorry for the um, getting off track. But no, let's you're get good. Back. All right, let's, to... let's talk Texas LSU. I just want to hear your impressions of the game. How you what you thought about it? What a damn game! So I was in the floor. I was at. I went to Gainesville this weekend to watch the Gators play. Um, and I don't know if you saw on social media, but you should definitely go take a look at it. First of all, um, the swamp is back, baby, because when we were playing University of Tennessee Martin, we had 82,000 fans come out. And um, last year, it was I mean, not like that. Tickets were probably like a dollar. So, Well, I'm, tickets were a dollar last year and no one came. So I'm just yeah. saying. But, and we did, you know, we do that special tribute to Tom Petty and we did it at nighttime with all the flashlights. And it looks really cool. If you haven't seen it, you should go check it out. On social media, you can follow me at Parker Gailey. I retweeted, or you can go see Gator football. But um, so I was at the game, and I was checking. They have a they have a live scoreboard, and I was checking that as well as laughing at FSU. Um, but and then I got home and caught or got back and caught the fourth quarter, and that game was just what what I saw was insane. It was so cool to watch, um, and you know we have our we have a a new segment of, of scrub and stuff of the week. And both of those, both of mine come from that game. So um, it was so cool. I mean, obviously, you know, I thought it was hilarious. Both of them, both teams were talking about, well, you know, 
on DBU and on DBU, and both teams, you know, gave up over 400 yards passing. Um, so neither you're, of your you're taking DB, the words DBU. you're taking the words right out of my mouth. Oh well, I mean the real DBU resides in Gainesville, maybe. We would never. Like, I don't even ever. have. I don't even have a a dog in the fight when it comes to who is or who is not DBU. I just think that for LSU to win 45 to 38 and give up over 400 yards of total offense, I mean, can you think of a less LSU like performance? Over 400 yards, bro. They gave up like almost 600 yards. What are you talking about? Really? I thought it was like over, I thought it was like 450. Let me see. No, no, no. They, so, Sam Ellinger had 401 yards passing. Then he rushed for 60, so that's 461. Then another guy had an eight-yard pass, so that's 469. Then you had a 32-yard rushing, so and then a 29-yard rushing. So you're so talking about over 500, 500 yards. Yeah. I must have been thinking about just passing, 400 yards passing. Um, but, yeah. but can you think of a less LSU-like performance than to win 45 to 38? I know they look like 400 yards passing. They look like a Big 12 team. Yes, dude. Like y'all are already right there near Texas. Just join the Big 12 if you're going to play that kind of football. Like, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I think LSU is like an SEC team that I think is like tried and true SEC. They've you know been around for a long time. They've won national championships and all that stuff. But it didn't look like LSU, and I know that. The offense they're running is, you know, geared towards more of an NFL style. And naturally, if you score a lot of points, you're going to give your opponent the ball more often and you're going to be playing defense more and all that stuff. Okay. However, that is insane to see a team's identity change so quickly that, like, I mean, it's, it, lo- it looks like a different team. If they weren't wearing LSU uniforms, you they wouldn't look like LSU. So, I don't yeah. know if it's just Edo. I don't know if it's just a product of Edo bringing in this coordinator who is doing more of the NFL thing or what. But I mean, it just didn't look like LSU to me. And I think, you know, I said this earlier in a different podcast that I said Joe Burrow was a better quarterback than Sam Ellinger. And Joe Burrow's looked great in both games. I know one of them was against Georgia State, but uh, Georgia State, Georgia Southern. But think about this Georgia Southern game they scored like 52 points 57 points something like that they scored 45 on texas yeah no so that I mean, offense don't get me wrong but that offense oh is it looks clicking. great but i will say this i will say this lsu is not going to play and first of all they haven't played no one's gotten pressure on burrow they haven't played they haven't played a good d-line team uh in georgia southern texas and it's not they're not going to until they play florida they play New Mexico or whatever state. Then they have Vanderbilt. Then they play Utah State. So, I mean, and then from there, it's Florida, Mississippi State, Auburn, Alabama. But they're not I – mean, we're not going to see – to me, it's going to be hard to tell, really. I mean, the Texas one was, was a good – I mean, he went off. Don't get me wrong. Um, and he looks good. But I'm not – I mean – they're playing. They're, we're not going to really see who he is until about another three or four weeks when yeah. he starts getting into, you know, the good SEC play because he looks like a different quarterback with pressure. I mean, anyone can oh, sit yeah. in the pocket and make, sure. make those throws. 
I mean, there was some pressure where he did make some good throws, and you were like, wow, especially the one at the end where he was about to get popped and then he delivered a ball. Um, yeah. But – Oh, I agree. And I think know. that – I just didn't think either defense seemed to be on point there. I mean, I think LSU – I want to see the box score because I think LSU had one turnover um, and Texas may have had none. I need to look just to make sure I'm right. But I remember – I don't remember there being a lot of um, – a lot of no Joe Burrow threw an interception. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, and so Joe Burrow threw an interception, and then let's see if Texas. It's not showing me Texas is. Texas didn't. They Texas didn't throw didn't. an interception. So there was one. Unless I'm missing a fumble, I don't see one. I'm looking through the stats. I don't see a fumble listed. But unless there um, was a fumble, I'm missing. There was one turnover between the two teams and it wasn't yeah. by LSU and even in a in a game like this you would expect there to be turnovers created oh, yeah. by the defenses because you've got two offenses that are moving quick trying to score points throwing the ball and that just leads to opportunities for a good defense to take advantage of it and to me neither team showed that they have the kind of defense to consistently keep points scoring low and you know what Georgia against Oklahoma a couple years ago in the playoffs did the same thing. We gave up a bunch of points, and we scored a bunch of points, and it worked out in our favor. But for LSU, it's not always going to work out in their favor. Even if they score a bunch of points, it's not always going to work out. Eventually, somebody else is going to score more points than they do. And I don't know if that's Bama. I don't know if that's Florida. But I just know that when you're playing that kind of fast-paced offense – you're wearing your defense down by putting them on the field quick over and over again. And unless they're creating turnovers, then they're going to wear out and the other team's going to score a lot too. You know, you don't see teams like that, that play that kind of offense. You don't see, you know, 50 to some 50 to 10 or 50. It's always like, even big blowout games, it's like 48 to 20 or whatever. So when you play a good team, somebody's eventually going to outscore you. So I'm interested to see how they look going into their SEC heavy schedule. Yeah, that's what I mean. We're not going to see it for another three or four weeks. So, and LSU is going to stay right there at four, maybe even three. Yeah. I mean, I don't really see anything changing in the rankings as far as Clemson one, Bama two, Georgia three, and then LSU four. So, I mean... And that's nothing we didn't touch on, which I'll, I'll touch on really quickly, and then we'll go into studs and studs and uh, scrubs. But um, I mean, you have three SEC teams in the top five, and you have five in the top ten, which is pretty yeah. cool. So yeah, um, and I just want to I want to say this. I just I just feel the need to say this because I know people who are fans of the Big Ten, and they want to talk about how good the Big Ten is. That the Big Ten has contenders. Um, and all that stuff. And I just want to say that out of the good teams in the Big Ten, Michigan had to go to overtime with Army. Yeah, Michigan's Michigan's probably the second best team in the Big Ten, and they almost lost to Army. Nebraska is one of the better teams in the Big Ten, you'd have to say, talent-wise, coaching-wise, all of those things. And 
they lost to Colorado. Yeah, no, the Big Ten. So I just don't know where, and as much as as much as I hate Auburn, I mean, and I truly mean it from the bottom of my heart that I hate Auburn. Auburn showed up and managed to get a win in a situation where they were playing from behind the whole game. And I just like, I, I get that people are over the conference arguments. I understand, but I just don't understand why you can't look at this and go, Oh, the sec, the top of the sec is the best college football in the nation. Now you've got outliers. Clemson's obviously in their own league in the ACC. Um, Ohio state, I would argue is in its own league in the big 10, but I mean, I just don't understand why people don't well, just I will do say that. I will say the SEC is very top-heavy, but our top-heavy is so good that it doesn't – like, don't yeah. compare. I mean, yeah. the thing is, is, like, we have five teams in the top in the top 10, but we only have six in the top 25. Yeah. So that's – you know what I mean? That For sure. Like, yeah. So – and it's going to be that way until we get to, you know, interconference yeah. matchups. And, and I'm specifically like talking about the, the contenders from each – conference oh yeah no the I best mean, football in the sec is better than the best football in any other team conference. to team than any other conference yes clemson's in the acc but they're the only contender in the sec or in the acc the only oh, one absolutely. Um, no the acc is the worst conference in football right now i agree i agree completely straight cheeks i agree all right man let's uh let's move on to uh scrubs and studs Studs and scrubs. You put the studs, oh, studs and scrubs. scrubs. My bad. Put, the, put My some bad. respect on that name. Son. Studs and scrubs. All right. Well, so I, you want to do scrubs first or studs first? I want to do. I want to do studs first. And let me tell you, okay. I think we're gonna have the same stud. So okay. Let's just. I want to count to three. Well, maybe not. Just tell I don't me. Think we, I don't think we who's are. Who's your stud? Who's your stud? My stud this week, and this is gonna. This is a little homerish, but I, I just wanna wanna give it to this guy because. He's oh. a true freshman, yeah, and a, a week ago I saw Auburn fans just saying that they didn't need him and he's not even that good and he didn't even get a ball thrown to him in game one, da da da. And my man George Pickens came out and looked like an absolute veteran at receiver this week for Georgia. I mean, making diving catches, running routes, blocking people out of bounds on stock blocks. I mean, he just looked like the full package. And he got a penalty at one point for unsportsmanlike, and I don't even know exactly what he did. I think he may have said something um, to the ref or said something to the receiver. But I was even impressed by how he handled it on the sideline when Kirby was talking to him. You know, you could see his head was down, and he was, like, regretting it and, you know, was remorseful. And Kirby said after the game that, you know, he's this very emotional player, and it's about – you know, keeping that emotion intact. But I was just impressed, man. I, I'd heard a lot of good things about that guy, and I'd watched some high school highlights to kind of get an idea. But, I mean, that guy just just looked like on another level. Granted, we were playing a team that he should have looked like he was on another level from. But anytime you're on a college football field and you look like a man among boys, it's a big deal. And that's, that's at any division um, at any point, in my opinion. So, George Pickens is my stud of the week, and I promise next week I'll pick a non-UGA stud. That's a good pick. I mean, he did have, there was one catcher. I was like, holy shit. The diving but, one where he dove, like, out. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. Insane. That was crazy. But guess what? It was against it was. Murray State. It was. But it was still, like, 
he still showed off. So good for him. Yeah. And he's a freshman. So I like that. I like that. Well, I mean, I think my stud's pretty obvious. Joe Burrow. Yeah. Uh, 31 for 39, 471 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, he started at like, I think he was 201 at the beginning of the season for Heisman. And now he's like four to one odds. So this man's like, and I don't see any kind of slowdown in stats. Um, until in a three to four weeks so this man can be this man can make a case i mean he's gonna lose the heisman when he has to play some actual competition but i mean texas is actual competition but um you know it's just he's my stud went off delivered passes his accuracy's gotten much better since last year i think he feels confident in that new system with they brought that guy from the saints over and, and that offense looks really good so gerbo yeah. is stud of my sure. week and also let me just say this because we didn't talk about this. Holy shit! College Game Day had the best guest speaker, guest picker, speaker, whatever you want to call him, ever. Matthew Undertaker? McConaughey. Oh, Matthew no. McConaughey. Undertaker was the week before, I think. Matthew Mc. No, is uh, I don't know who it was, but Matthew McConaughey, baby. Let me tell you, sexiest man on this earth. I love him. He pulled up an old Lincoln with some Longhorns on, man. And he made he would look. He was picking some crazy picks. Like he was picking, he picked like. University of South Florida over Georgia Tech, and Georgia Tech only beat them fourteen to ten. But he went like nine and two and eight and three on picks. So I mean, he's my little like side stud. But Matthew McConaughey, man, what a dude! Job. You know he, but, you know he is like got an official position at Texas. Yeah, he's a professor. Like, but he's also, well, he's also like the minister of the minister. culture or something. Yes, bro. Yeah. Dude. Did you see LSU's tweet about that? Yeah. Yeah, but it's so annoying seeing him on the sidelines the way he like walks around and stuff. Like I don't know, something about it annoys me every time I see Texas. Why does that play. annoy you? I don't know, man. It's something about He's like fucking McConaughey, baby. What does that mean? It's what does that, that mean? That enough. He is Matthew McConaughey. Do you not see those Lincoln commercials? I mean, I get a half chub every time oh I see God. those. Commercials. What a man! Dude. And that slicked back hair. I mean, let me tell you, the king of rom-coms. I could watch Failure to Launch and How to Lose the Ten, How to Lose Ten, a guy in ten days. I could watch it every week. Great you know, his, in Failure to Launch, his name is Trip. Yes, I know. And yeah. now, look, yeah. you have some connection there. All right. So, nice. besides anyway. your man crush on Matthew McConaughey, who's your scrub? My scrub is from the same game, but he was on the sidelines, and that is bitch ass Tom Herman. And let me, me tell too. you. That's my scrub, too. Oh! Let me tell you why, and I'm sure it's for the same reason. This man is filing a grievance because people— Horns down, baby. Horns down. Shut the hell up. First of all, take take your loss like a man. And do you know how many times I see people gator chomping when they score a touchdown against— This was my exact point. This was my exact point. Are they put the, the Miami U down? Are they, are they, you know, all kinds of crap? Get over yourself. Like, Bro, if you, Baker if, Mayfield literally planted an Oklahoma flag in the middle of the field one time. Yeah, that was hilarious. But like, yes. what is the deal? And you know, college football before the year said that horns down should be a penalty if anybody flashes it. Yeah, I think that's ridiculous. Then, then flash the penalty when people do the gator. Why does, yeah, yeah. Why does Texas get this special treatment? Like, oh, you can't take their sign and put it down. If they had won, I guarantee you, every person in the stadium would have had horns up. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you're going to use the horns up to celebrate, then people should be able to mock you if you lose because yeah. you lost. 
So it's like Johnny Menzel's money thing. You can't get mad at somebody when they sack Johnny Menzel doing the money symbol. Exactly. Like, you can't like that's crazy. And I can't that's believe like a man. Yeah. I can't believe Tom Herman is actually going through and maybe it's his AD pushing it. I don't know. But the fact that he thinks and Texas thinks they're somehow above, you know, the the ritual that is, you know, showboating and and talking your stuff when you make a big play or win is crazy to me. It's crazy. Oh no, it's ridiculous. It is. So I don't. I just don't understand that's that. Right. That's that funny. We and God, but yeah, yeah. That, and we haven't even. And the, the crazy thing is, is, we talk like every day, and we haven't even talked about this. So it's funny that we had. But yeah, no, that guy's a bitch. Um, I always, I kind of like Tom Herman when he responded to, um, to, uh, um, gosh, what's the guy? I actually met that guy at the Big Three roll up thing because. Zach nope. Smith. No, oh. Zach Smith. Zach Smith was at the Big Three roll up and I met him. Oh, that's the guy who the guy who like with you know the scandal at Ohio State and all that crap. Yeah. Well, and you know how he and Tom Herman responded to his text and said, Okay, cool. Oh okay, cool, hook him. I was like, damn, Tom Herman, that's funny as shit. But now, Tom Herman, you are officially a bitch. And Dude, speaking of Texas and them thinking they're above you know, the the way things happen and, and go on and stuff. I want to find this tweet um, really quick that I quoted on our Twitter because it was actually kind of shocking to me that this is the case and nobody ever says it. And maybe it's just because I'm a UGA fan. We're in the SEC, so I see this more often. But this tweet, Texas has just one national title in football since 1970. Michigan only has half of one since 1948, and Notre Dame hasn't won a title since 1988. But people want to come down on Georgia saying, y'all have only got two natties, and one was in the 40s, the other one was in 1980, blah, blah, blah. Dude, I never want to hear that again. Yeah, y'all got one natty, bro. I never – that's fine. I still never want to hear it again when Michigan (laughs) has half of one and people want to act like they're the bluest of blue bloods. Yeah, but Notre Dame – we like I cannot believe that that Texas acts the way they are. Yeah, 2006, but that's the only one. Yeah, and but they, I mean, they were good this... in that time span, and they haven't been good since. They have a big fan base. They have lots of money, and they've won this century. So I could see Texas, but there's other teams where I'm like, first of all, Mich- Michigan. What were the other teams? Michigan and Notre Dame. Michigan and Notre Dame. Michigan yeah. has half two of the most over- claimed ones the since most- 1948. Yeah, two of the most overrated programs in college football, um, and that's facts. But, but Texas, I kind of get. I kind of get Texas. But if we're on like a Texas thing here, but yeah, I mean they have won this century, so you can't, you can't really, you can't put them in that same conversation. But Notre Dame and uh, yeah, Notre Dame and Michigan overrated as fuck. It's crazy. That's crazy. All right, that's a good All right stat, let's, hit, let's hit anyway. a couple shout outs and uh, we'll get out of here. All right, who's your shout-out? My shout-out is a man that I was so happy to see leave Georgia, and now he's somewhere else, and it's going bad, and I had a lot of people that said they were super happy for him to come over there, and they were, you know, thinking that we had messed up by losing him. My shout-out is Jim Chaney. And I just want to say, Jim, I'm so glad that your lard tail 
is not sitting in our press box calling plays this year. Just extremely excited because I honestly don't think you were that good of a play caller. And I know your experience. I know you've been all over the, you know, college world coaching, but I'm really glad you're gone. But I do hope things turn around for you at Tennessee because I don't think it's all y'all's fault. But shout out Jim Chaney for not being with us any longer. Well, let me shout out. I'll go opposite in there. Shout out to Todd Grantham, which Dan Mullen today said is the best defensive coordinator in college football. Bro, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That's the literal dumbest thing I've ever heard. We won't get into that, but he is. Anyway. um, No, he's not. Oh, that this is what I'm going into. He's not officially my shout out. Let me say it. Who's the best? I don't want to get in this with you, but yes, he's <laughs> up there. He's top tier, baby. He may not be the best. It's a little biased, but he's up there. At least Bro, you would have never least. said that when he was at Georgia. You would have never said that. That's when he was right. There. Because, because he, you're a homer. Cause you're a homer. No, because at Georgia, Georgia has that choking curse. So he couldn't, he wasn't able to, he wasn't able to do what he needed to do because Georgia had that bad voodoo. But let me say this. I'm not shouting out Grantham, even though he is a top five defensive coordinator in Britain Venables is up there too, but I don't know. Anyway, so the Gators, I was really kind of shouting out the Gators defensive line, but also Todd Grantham and some of the linebackers because the Gators lead the nation in sacks. So that's my shout out. Um, we'll argue about Todd Grantham another time because I need to see some more. We need, look, talk to me at the end of the year, then we'll talk because hey. I could be wrong. And you Let can me be tell wrong. you, I'll tell you what Todd Grantham's the best at. You ready? Todd Grantham Don't is the best it. at calling some crazy play, some crazy scheme on third down. There's a reason third and Grantham is a saying UGA fans have. Like, that's what he's good at. Third down, he'll call some crazy blitz. Sometimes it'll work. A lot of times it don't. And, yeah, yeah y'all lead the nation in sacks, but y'all played Miami, who's got a terrible offensive line, and UT Martin. So I don't think that can really count yet. But, sure, shout-out Todd Grantham, another guy that I'm glad is no longer with the Georgia program. Regardless, we still live in nation sex. Because all these other all these other teams are playing uh, cupcakes. I mean, y'all play yeah. Vanderbilt and, um, and uh, Murray State. I can't even remember the name. Yeah, so Vanderbilt was running the ball. They were just running it. Anyway, How you get that's my shot-up. Let me say this before we, we wrap this up. If you guys are listening to this, please... Subscribe, five-star rating, comment, share with your friends, do all that good jizz jazz. If you have any topics you want us to talk about or cover, or you have any questions, leave it in the comments se- section with a five-star review, and we'll get to it. But it's got to be with a five-star review, or I'm not going to answer the damn question. <laughs> hey, and, uh, Parker, tell them where they can follow you on social media. Yeah, so... You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Parker Gailey, last name G-A-I-L-E-Y. And then Trip, if you want to let them know about yours and then our actual yeah. podcast account. Yeah, so our our podcast Twitter is at perennial underscore pod. That's at perennial underscore pod. And then you can follow me on Twitter at Trippy D Rights. T-R-I-P-P-Y-D Rights. All right, man. Well, it's looking like a boring week of college football, but once we get out this week out of the way, it's all green acres from here, baby. Smooth sailing, Smooth good sailing. games the rest of the year. So have a good night, man, and I will talk to you later on. Holla. See you.